0: all right oh yeah so push it until the light green light comes on am i on shelves am i don't have is it up here sorry get all this going here am i good there can you hear me all right good (laughs) because i can be louder (laughs) um well I was going to say kind of how this whole topic of hope came up was um, we met as a team a few weeks ago, and we are kind of just brainstorming, like, what's everybody kind of, like, going through? What's everybody, um, you know, maybe dealing with or feeling on certain subjects or anything like that. And Becky brought up a lot of what she's seeing as um, a licensed counselor and what um, she's encountering just with, um, you know, the people that she's been able to sit with and stuff. And so we're like, I think that's probably like a very, like people are feeling like that or have felt like that in the last year, Um, maybe a sense of hopelessness or maybe a sense of like, Oh my gosh! Now this is happening. Like, what is going on? So I was gonna let Becky kind of start and kind
1: of segue into sounds good. Hi. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks.
0: <laughs> and this is Becky. Hi. Be yes. Um,
1: for those of you that may not have met me yet, yeah, my name is Becky Lauritsen. I am a licensed counselor. And I've been doing this gig um, for since 2013 is when I got my master's degree. So it's been a few years. I took a little hiatus but came back to um, be being a counselor. And I do really, truly love the work that I get to do, especially um, what I'm doing now, which is really... Uh, talking to a lot of women and talking about instilling hope and and talking about preventing hopelessness. And that's really a big piece of my heart in, um, I think, everything that I do. And so um, in my counseling program, you know, learning and being educated in a master's degree and getting my licensure, we talked a lot about, you know, risk factors right and we learned all about how to do a risk assessment and i used to have to do those quite often in my previous employment um, but luckily now it doesn't seem like i have to do it too often but it still remains very true that i have those innate skills i suppose like of measuring somebody's risk and basically i'm not going to go into all of that but you ask a series of questions and you really identify what it is that they're going through and what they are experiencing And one of the biggest indicators and one of the most important questions to ask is, are they experiencing hopelessness? And if they are, that is a big indicator and warning sign for self-harm, for suicidal ideation, and basically at that point, we gotta do something. And so it's always heavy on my heart to be able to talk to people, women especially, about hopelessness and creating more hope and preventing that hopelessness from coming in. And so I was excited to talk about this with you guys because you all are so beautiful, and I want every one of us in here to be able to experience such an authentic hope every single day, every second of every single day, no matter what you're going through. Um, So I was trying to, like, dig into it, and I got to be honest, like, knowing I Googled. (laughs) I Googled hope and the Bible. And so I'm probably going to come at you with a little bit more of my therapist hat, but um, but I was trying to come up with some really good, like, cross-references of Scripture. And so forgive me. But um, anyway, so, of course, when I Googled the definition of hope, it's just the good old, you know, Wikipedia one. but um, And it says, it's a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. And then the next line down, it says hope. Another definition of it is a feeling of trust. Mm. And I loved that so much um, that I'm like, wow, that's exactly what we need. We need to trust. We need to trust God. We need to trust our faith. We need to trust our loved ones. We need to trust ourselves mm-hmm. that we can create more hope, right? And so um, with that, I thought of, I after the Google search, <laughs> <I looked laughs> up, um, Jeremiah 17 and um, verse 7 through 8. And so I thought this was just a good one to to create that sense of trust. And so it says, but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes, its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. And if we could just all live in that, right? With the sense of trust and the sense of hope And the sense of knowing that we will always be bearing fruit because that's what God has provided for us. I think we can all hopefully take that big sigh of relief and just be so grateful for the hope that we can have every single day and every second of every single day. Um, And so another just piece, and then I I think we'll just kind of have a dialogue here about it, is... um, Kind of towards the end, I'll, I'll share a few more, like, steps, like, actionable, because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a solutions-focused therapist. Like, we're going to get <laughs> to it. So you're going to get to it, okay? I promise. <laughs> but, um, but one thing I was, you know, just trying to think about and pray about as this message was coming across our hearts was the, the walls that we put up, right? And I think that we put up a lot of walls. And I actually did the Bible study um, just recently. Ms. Cody was my, my table lead. And it talked about the walls that we put up because of the hurt that we've experienced, or because of the fear, or because of um, the shame, or the guilt, or just all of these feelings, right? All of these wrongful feelings that um, we are not to have, right? Or we shouldn't be holding on to. And I think that wall is like a a barrier. Obviously, it's like the like an actual, the literal wall is preventing us from looking forward and seeing what what it is that we should be hopeful for, right? And so if we can take a minute and start tearing down that wall, recognizing what is it that's in front of us, what's blocking us from, um, you know, what's, what's causing us to create the dang wall, and if we can tear that down, then we can actually see the hope that God has for us, right? And so that was just a big piece of what we do in therapy. So that's obviously a a huge thing on my heart is how can we break down those walls? How can we forgive? How can we work through and desensitize past trauma or um, past limiting beliefs or negative core values? These things that have happened so long ago tear down, break down that wall so you can see the hope that God has in front of us. So that's kind of what was on my heart, what was stirring inside of me, what I was hearing often in my my sessions and my what I do in work and day to day, and so I wanted to be able to have a conversation about it. So yeah. I appreciate the opportunity to to chat on this topic. So uh-huh. yeah,
0: no, I appreciate that, and I think that um, I think stepping out and being like okay, is this normal that I'm feeling like this and actually maybe even meeting with somebody that needs help or that can help you or anything like that is always a huge step too. And that feeling that you're not alone, that you're not the only one that's walking through this or going through this is so helpful as well. Um, I, I told each of the girls, I was like, if there's anything where you feel like Okay, this, I've been there, like there was a moment in my life where I felt hopelessness or I felt like I needed to dig deeper to find where God, you know, like, you know, what the Bible says or what, what he, um, has already given me as a believer in Christ. Have you guys walked through anything where you're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I would say, I would say. are you on? I don't think she's on. They don't let me control
2: my own (laughs) mic. They don't let me control.
0: (laughs) Okay, maybe we gotta switch your little mute thing. I don't know. I don't remember. (laughs) here, I can look at it if you want. They don't let they shouldn't let me have any electronics either. There's a good story about what happened to my wireless pack one time, Honkers. Yeah. Am I got dropped into the toilet. i put in my pocket. Okay. On the top, right here. Yeah.
3: It's
0: on. Mhm. She Just give her your mic then. It's fine. I have to oh, go wait, back and
2: on. Oh, sorry, guys.
0: Um. was. What? 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 if What? If, any of you guys have walked through that before, like sharing your maybe process through it or where God led you or where you were like?
2: Um, I think pull it up to your mouth. I, <laughs> <smoking>. <laughs> I know. <In> my hair. <laughs> um, I think for me, I had to really um, get down and dirty with it when um, my mom died. Mm-hmm because she fought cancer off and on for 33 years, and she was like a first-grade teacher for 27 years. And, um, you know, she was a pain in everybody's butt. <laughs> she was my mom, so you can only imagine. But um, she was a good woman, you know what I mean? Like, she served the church, and she did all the things, and, and uh, she never cussed, she never drank, she never smoked, she never did anything, right? It, and so... For me, when she died, I moved out there and and took care of her for a year. When she died, and I was very blessed for that, but it was super frustrating for me um, when she died. Not that I didn't know where she was going; I knew she was going to heaven, so I had hope and expectation in that. But what it it made me lose hope for my own existence because I was like, "Whoa!" Yet yeah, she didn't get healed, and I'm kind of a schmuck, so there's no hope for me, right? Like. So I really had to I really had to face a lot of things then that um, you had to kind of figure out for me it was a it was a journey through I had been raised in God and knowing God and those kind of things, but for me, it was a big journey in the fact that like okay, you profess you believe this, but what are you doing with it and mm-hmm. so I literally had to find my faith and figure out, okay, if you're going to say you believe this, then you need to walk it, and so I had to find my faith, and then when I found my faith, I found my identity better, and then once I found my identity and understood who God created me to be and just delving into the scriptures and things like that, um, then I had hope, Mm -hmm. but it was a a process. It wasn't like I just had hope yeah I think for me hope is a is a um faith based expectation that God will do what he promises mm-hmm. right so but you have to for me, I had to understand all of those processes first to be able to get to the hope part like hope was not easy for me mm-hmm. and it's still not easy for me. I get up every day and it's a it's a struggle for me every day, yeah, you know so because I can go I can go back to that pretty easy like or you know when you have hope in something like with my mom and it and it doesn't she didn't get healed so then you kind of give up you know you're like well why would I hope for anything if hmm. you know and so it was a, it was a it wasn't easy for me it was a huge battle for me mm-hmm. and I think I think it's a huge battle for a lot of people yeah um, there's a just write this down or remember it Read Psalm 27. Mm. It's long, or I would read it to you. But verse 14, <laughs> verse 14, the last verse in Psalm 27, it's written by David. Mm. And it, I forget what the, does anybody remember what the... Uh,
0: Psalm twenty-seven fourteen.
2: Yeah, I've got it marked here. But the, <laughs> the heading on the, uh, is fearless faith.
0: Mm. And I think you
2: have to have fearless faith to have hope. Mm, yeah. But the last... Verse 14. Read the whole thing, please. Here's
0: what I've learned through it all. Don't Mm -hmm. give up. Don't be impatient. Be entwined as one with the Lord. Be brave and courageous and never lose hope. Yes, keep on waiting for he will never disappoint you. That's from the Passion Translation.
2: But I think that's what hope is. Mm -hmm. Hope is never giving up that faith-filled expectation of what God promises. Mm -hmm.
0: I always remember, I think Pastor Lynette did a sermon a long time ago was like the turtle that like puts its neck out to like get across. That was a long time ago to get across the road or something like that. Yes. Yeah. I just, those things stick with me, but I sleep right. with the turtle. like. Uh, and I think she even like made the, like, <laughs> Right.
2: Yeah,
1: actually, the I know it's the turtle.
2: <laughs> right. No, I love that. That's I think it. I think it. I think that's where it gets hard, mm-hmm. right? When you're yeah. in that position, or, you know, when you're hoping for something and and, God chooses something that's better for you. Yeah. And, um, then you get. I get frustrated. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna lie. Hopes hard for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get it, and I understand the, mm-hmm. the. But it, it's hard for me because when you feel like you're hoping and praying for something and, and God has something better for you and you don't know it and you don't get this, well then there's a disappointment and that's where you drop back into the yeah. hopelessness or whatever, you know? So you always have to have that faith that, mm-hmm. that he knows best and he's going to.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's good.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Thank you for sharing okay. that. Cause like I, that's like hope deferred makes the heart okay. sick is in Proverbs. I don't know which one, but it's improper. Right. And um, and like that hope deferred makes the heart sick. So it's like if you continue to sit on that hope deferred, that hopelessness, it will eventually like like a disease like take over your heart. Right. But if you can like learn to trust, like your definition said, in that expectations of man, God's gonna do something with this, even though this looks like a mess now, even though this looks like a failure now, even though this looks like a you know, a complete catastrophe now. Like, I'm going to trust that God's going to make something good out of this or he's going to bring something better out of this.
2: I think hope takes you from a victim to a survivor. Yeah. Because when you're a victim, it's all, you know, hopelessness and all those things. And if you can put your faith, if you can get your faith aligned with your hope, I think that switches you to a survivor because, Mm -hmm. I mean, sure we've all walked through some stuff but we all have a hundred percent survival rate (laughs) yeah we're sitting here today
0: you know (laughs) what i mean and Mm -hmm. and
2: and eventually we won't have a hundred percent survival rate but then we get to go to heaven and that's Mm -hmm. even better so Mm -hmm. you know i i just think i think the faith and the identity had to come first for me before i could find hope Mm -hmm.
0: yeah
3: Mm -hmm.
0: and i know like my conversations with emily we probably talk like Every day for like an hour or Don't something. I'm
3: having a conversation with her on the phone because mm-hmm. then she volunteers you. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like,
0: you're going to talk on Thursday night. She's like, but about what? And I'm like, what we talked about the other day. It was great. Was it was like, awesome. I literally
3: blacked out. I have no idea what I said.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's so good deal. Well, I'll remind you. <laughs> but we have a lot of conversations because we're both homeschooling our kids. It's her first year this
2: year. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> and it's been fun. No, it's been really fun. And like, just, Raising kids, and I know me and Shelby have talked about it up on the stage before, but like, raising kids in this world, or like, do I want to bring kids into this world? Like, is this like, you know, they're having to deal with all of this stuff. And like, you feel like you're, you know, especially when you are trying to walk the way that you know that, I guess, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like, I want to live a life that is trusting in God that is hoping in God that is living on his promises when so many times the world is just like bashing you over the head for your beliefs for what you stand for what you know like the things that morality that you want um, to instill in your children especially too and for those that aren't parents like I'm not saying like this doesn't apply to you but like I know for us like that's a big part especially at this point of our lives being moms like it's like okay, what am I doing in this world? Like, what what am I sending my kids into and how do I prepare them for that?
3: We have the social media. Are you table. on? No. She on? Hopefully not. <laughs> Hopefully
0: not. Here, take this one for right now. Okay. Okay. Um, so
3: for me, yeah, with the kids, I think especially with social media nowadays and all those things, you get into the comparison world too. Of, oh, I'm not doing this enough with my kids or mm-hmm. I need to add this or, you know, and you have to really stand on, I guess the, the thing that I've heard, um, that I really loved, um, and I can't remember where it came from. If it was, I don't even know. Um, Hey, you just claim it. What? That's another Lynette. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, you've got
0: eyes plagiarize. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, she taught as well. (laughs)
3: Yeah. Uh, but I had heard, um, you know, your children were literally built you know, God built them for this time. All of us were built for this time. So I think I have really stood on that that you can't not have that hope. That came when from you're... God. That was yeah. scripture.
0: So don't that right came though. from God.
3: Okay. <laughs> now you know soft. where it came from. <laughs> <That's> Holy
0: Spirit, <laughs> right? Yeah.
3: yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the scripture I had wrote down was um, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. And it says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. And that's, I just think that's a huge thing, especially for kiddos and being a mom is to have, to know that there's that future of hope and you can stand on that. They were built for this time and they're tough enough for it. And they've got all the tools in their trunk to be able to not only battle the wars that are being thrown at them, but to win and succeed them. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, and I mean, I grew up with my brother was big into like John Wayne movies and cowboy and everything. And he always said like, I was just born in the wrong era. Like I should have been born in like the 1800s and all of that. And I mean, I'm sure all of us at one point have been like, I would love to be Laura on little house in the Prairie. And then you lose your power for three days and you don't have coffee. And you're like, screw this. But sorry. no, but in all honesty, like, um, out of all of history, God could have placed you anywhere and he chose and he does everything with purpose, with intention to place you like here and now in this place in this, you know, town in this church. And he knew where you would be. And he said, okay, this is where I'm going to place this, you know, this, this woman. And I think when we can like sit there and be like, yeah, like, all right i can I can do this, and God's given me everything that I need to live victoriously to be a survivor and to thrive in this this um this world um, and talking a little more about social media like Good night, I, and I talk, I think I talk about it, I bring it up every time, like it can take you so deep and so dark and so down a drain, and I'm just like giving you permission right now, you can take that app off of your phone for like, I mean, off for good, off for an extended amount of time, like there's nothing, there's no business, no job, no influence thing that you need to be on there that you can't step away from it for an extended amount of time. Like, I think that all of us need to have that permission. You're not going to miss out on anything. Like, I just promise you that. You're not. There's, I mean, you'll hear about it probably from everybody else, but I just really feel like that if that's a trigger for you, if you get on that app and that's a trigger for you, like, please just, like, take a step back. And I think that's another thing, too, is for all of us to take a step back. And, I mean... I've talked to people who are like, oh my gosh, Christians are just getting persecuted in America today. And I just want to say, no, this is not persecution. (laughs) This is challenging. This is maybe some pressure, but go and read the history of the Yazidi women in Syria. Go and look up what the Uyghurs are happening to them for, yes, they're in the Muslim faith in China. Go look up, you know, Roman times. Um, for Christians in that time. That's persecution. We are not dealing with persecution in here in America. We may someday, and that's why I have a huge heart for going a little bit deeper and looking into what's going on at the border for immigration because there's maybe someday we need to go back down there. <laughs> if We have to flee America. So I'm like, let's like look at this a little bit better, but broaden your perspective and look at what's going on and take a step back and realize that maybe it's not as bad as it could be, and, but we need to prepare now. And we need to be praying. We need to be, this was a big thing for me too when I really started like praying about um, this, this topic, was that in the world... The world will tell you you need to go and find yourself. You need to find your true self and you need to meditate on like nothingness so you can find yourself, which I'm like, what? And then a lot of popular Christianity and I I mean, and I agree with part of it too, is that you need to find out who God says you are. And yes, you do. You need to find out who God says you are. But I want to take it a step farther too and say, you need to find out who who God is we need to find out we need to be experiencing him at and I am so guilty of this especially in the last few months I'm like oh my gosh my morning time has sucked like I need to like I said take that app off of my phone and experience God and go deeper with him and spend time with him and get to know him. That's the only way that you get to know somebody, right? You don't get to know somebody by like listening to somebody else's sermon all the time. It's like listening to like, you watch a movie with a famous person. You don't know that person. The only way that you would really truly know a person is by spending time with them and conversing with them and like getting to know their heart. And we have it right here we have it anytime that we stop and we get still and we pray and we like ask him to come and meet with us. And so I like, I feel like that that's what as N3C women, we really need to like, like, okay, do I know him as well as I could? And how can I do that? And just every one of us, I believe could go deeper and farther into that. Um, I'm breathing and I'll stop talking. No, go no. Becky. No, go. No, you're okay. You go. <laughs> <laughs> that one's not working. Yeah. Sorry. It's
1: in those moments that like when we're, when we're just on our knees crying or, and, and I, maybe we're not even on our knees praying, but we are just like on our knees crying and feeling like we have no hope and we're giving up and, you yeah, Like we're just losing all sense of control that that God places that hope or he just slaps us with it mm-hmm. and 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 that is when like we are able to walk through and looking back it's like man it's because of that that gave me this mm-hmm. right it's because and so just to be transparent like my a couple of si- situations I think about like when I was probably the most hopeless that i've been was um after I was, had Briar and oh, dang it <laughs> I wasn't expecting this um just had such bad postpartum depression and anxiety and that uh, I mean I had self-harm and suicidal ideation I mm. okay. did not know yeah. um, anyways yeah. at this time I didn't have any faith at all and I remember thinking and telling my husband that like <laughs> I'm at my worst and thank you very much and uh, I was like I need something, I need something I don't know what it is and obviously, I knew therapy was going to be part of it. But even in that moment, I knew what I should be doing. I knew what I was thinking. And, and especially as a therapist, I'm like, I have all the signs. I have hopelessness. Oh, my gosh. Like, right? I knew exactly what was happening. But there was still, I had to take that action. And so through conversations and with my husband, I'm like, there's got to be something that happens. And and anyways, um, I think I think that was when I started working out with you. At your place, and and then it was just this door opened, of course, to come to church, and through that, through that hopelessness that I had in that moment, and I remember vividly, you know, being in, in the bed and just not wanting to wake up, and that's what led me here, you know. So, anyways, that's so and, yeah, yeah, it's true. It's through our weakest moments that we, you know, find the most strength, and and really that's like changed my life in such a big and beautiful and powerful way. And so I think we just have to remember that.
0: Yeah, oh, I love you. <laughs> oh, that's so good, Becky. Um, no, I and I think that's that's a part of where God—not that He takes us into those dark, deep moments, but He meets you there, and even though where you're like. You just had like a thought that sparked into your mind or something like that. You're like, I don't know where it all came about, but I remember as getting to work out and praying at the end and getting to know like your background and knowing like, like come to church, like, come on, (laughs) you know, I don't know. Not that I'm like did anything, but I'm just glad that it was like, God
1: met you in that moment. Yeah, And looking back, I knew what I was doing. Like I reached out to you very intentionally, Uh actually. I haven't told you this. Um, <laughs> I had just moved out to Pierce. like, I wonder, and I knew you were doing workouts at your uh-huh. house. And I was like, hmm, maybe I'll put a post out there. Speaking oh, of social Oh, yeah, media. yeah. And I was like, this is my very pop <laughs> out way to see if I can build a connection with somebody.
0: Oh, and well, we've known each other since high school. And, so, it's not, and it now. <laughs> she reached out Quick to line me line and I'm and like, oh.
1: It worked. No. <laughs> so I love that. It was a big obviously that was so much of God yeah. putting that in my heart. Mm-hmm. Not not that I knew that at all at the time, but Oh no,
0: I love that. Yeah. Well, and I feel like that that's just the connection that like each of you ladies, I believe, if there's any part where you're like, Man, I'm," that's where I'm at right now. Like that is if there's somebody that here tonight that you can connect with or if it's one of us or at, say if there's somebody, you know, at your workplace where you're like, Man, she's like always happy or she's got, she's got hope. She's got something inside of her that I see that I want. Like sometimes just having that conversation or having like, Hey, like, I don't know. I feel like that so many times as, as women who are believers, we try to like, I'm happy. I'm happy. We're like, like, I'm just going to be, I'm going to go into my workplace and I'm going to be positive, even though I don't want to be, and just be happy. But when somebody's like, Hey, like, I love that smell on your face today. Like, actually like allows them to be like, okay, I'm doing something right. I'm going to keep going. Maybe I'm going to share Jesus with her today. Like it gives them hope too, to like, okay, I can walk in this. I can keep going in this. Um, but this week I was studying and this is, I don't know, like I feel like this whole book of First Peter, it is called Triumphant Hope. Like, the, like in the tri- Passion Translation, it's called Triumphant Hope, which I was like, wow, I didn't know that that was like, a whole book on that. That's cool. So I just like totally, if you've got the, if you don't have a Passion Translation Bible, look it up on the Version app and you can read the whole book there. But I'll just read a little bit of what I was looking at here. Um, so this is First Peter 1, 3. And it said, celebrate with praises the God and the Father of our Lord of our lord jesus who has shown us his extravagant mercy for his fountain of mercy has given us new life we are reborn to experience a living energetic hope through the resurrection of jesus christ from the dead we are reborn into a perf- a perfect inheritance that can never perish never be defiled and never diminish it is promised and pers- pers- preserved sorry i cannot talk forever in the heavenly realm for you And I love that, um, definition or those words, the living energetic hope, because again, like that's the God that is, he's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, but he's also moving. And he's like, like, I don't, I don't want to say the word adapt, but he's meeting you where you're at. Like, I feel like that that's, he's not adapting to you, but he's like, I'm right here with you. You're not alone. Like, look at me. And that's the other part that First Peter talks about is focus, which I was like, oh, I love that too. Because those, those, those are like actionable things that I can actually do with my eyes and everything too. And it's First um, Peter one thirteen. So then prepare your hearts and minds for action. Stay alert and fix. And I circled it and I put focus your hope firmly on the marvelous grace that is coming to you for when jesus christ is unveiled a greater measure of grace will be released to you as god's obedient children never again shape your lives by the desires that you followed when you didn't know better instead shape your lives to become like the holy one who who called you and again that goes back to finding out who you are in god or in christ but also finding out who god is and like what is the basis of our faith why do we believe what we believe? And I grew up with a Catholic mom that like put the fear of God in me that like if anybody ever held a gun up to your head and told you to like denounce Christ, like you better not denounce Christ. Kind of Like, I don't know why. Did anybody else, there's mothers, just mine? No, okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, Danya had a Finnish mother, so I can only like imagine. But like, it's just uh something that I've always, like, had in the back of my mind is, like, if somebody did that to me, like, would I stand on what I believe? Would I back down? Would I stand up? And I I hope that I I would stand up. But also, too, with that... My, I feel like all of us kind of defined hope in our own way. And like, you know, you Googled it and that was awesome because I love the trust part. And, and Christy brought up the like expectation, that expectation forward and that looking forward. And then I feel like Emily said, you know, like you were placed here for this moment, like you're equipped to deal with this. And like my definition of what hope is and being able like, like foundation of hope is If I was to lose everything in my life, and I think of, like, Job losing everything, everything being stripped away, his children dying, all of his, like, business, his house, everything gone. And he's got a wife that sounds like a real winner, like she didn't treat, (laughs) in nice words, like, you know, he lost everything. And if that was to happen to me, and God forbid, like, you know, my children, my husband where we live, like everything to be taken away from us. Would I still want to live? Would I still want to get up and walk forward and to live out this life, still doing what God put inside me to do, what God called me to do? And that's like, my husband was a bull rider for many, many, many years, very like dangerous job. And, uh, like I, that was like my number one question that I always got, how can you handle like watching him ride and not like freaking out? Like, how do you deal with like, what if he gets hurt? What if he dies? Like all these different things. And like, I never said that I never was fearful, but I would just be like, I have to have a relationship with God to be able to have a successful marriage with him. Otherwise I'd be like a basket case every single time. And, um, one of the things that, and maybe this is not not a good way to do it in therapy, but the way that I handled it is that I let God, like, and I felt like I did it with God with me. So I didn't do it by myself, but I let myself go to the worst case scenario. Like this is the worst case scenario that could happen. And then it's like, God walked with me back and like, would I still be okay? Like, would I still stand in my faith? Would I still profess Jesus Christ as my Savior? I don't know if that's healthy, but okay, I was just like, that's what I did. And I've told many, many a bull rider's wife to do it. And I was just like, what is the worst that could happen? Okay, let's visit that. And okay, can you, you know, like, let's go from there. So, and I don't compare it to like any you know, like, Hope's got two boys in the military. Like, I don't put it that my husband was going out and, like, risking his life for any of, like, that. So I don't ever compare it. But it was just, like, man, like, there was a good chance. Like, it was more than just, like, driving car down the road kind of, like, thing.
2: But um, that was
0: kind of where where I
2: got my definition from it. Can we go back to something just for a second before Heck yeah. I forget? mm mm-hmm. um, I I hear it all the time, and and it's a wonderful thing to do. If you can reach out to somebody, reach out to somebody. I couldn't, I wouldn't, I won't, (laughs) don't. Um, But one of the things that helped me, and it it has the same results, or it had the same results for me, um, is serving other people. Mm -hmm. So instead of... and. You know, I, I wouldn't recommend serving other people and forgetting yourself or anything like that. But but uh, for me, I wasn't going to reach out. I, you know, I locked myself in the garage, didn't even answer the door. So I definitely <laughs> wasn't going to reach out. Um, I didn't even let the kids come in the garage, so there's that. Uh, just
3: the
2: cat. <laughs> yeah, just the cat. Just killing the cat. You'll have to go back I, and listen to that podcast. I was just out there killing the cat. But... Um, <laughs> For me, I did at some point realize that, uh, and that that was a different, you know, hopeless situation in my world, but uh, I did at one point realize that I had to leave the garage, and I knew I wouldn't reach out, so what I did is I started serving. I found places to serve, and be it right or be it Mm -hmm. wrong, I found places to serve where I thought um, the people were worse off than me. (laughs) So I I gave me hope, right? Uh, Like I sir, I volunteered for years with hospice. Um, Yeah, there's no way out of that situation typically unless it's a miracle. So I did things like that. And when you do that and you're serving somebody else and you're trying to walk in your faith and you're being obedient and and submitted and those kind of things, um, you know, God will give you things to speak to other people. And then I would get in the car and be like, yo, that wasn't really for them. That was for me. Cool. You know, so it, it kind of ministered to myself to be able to serve other people, and and that, that worked for yeah. me. I don't, I don't know if that, you know, no, I always look like, at Becky, I'm like, no. is my appointment on Tuesday? Because maybe that was really wrong. <laughs> like, I'm not really sure. But, but I don't no. know if that's a way to do it, but for me it, it was a way to, to to see that I wasn't hopeless, mm-hmm. and that I, you know, and I could speak to others and I could be helpful and, and all of those things. And that slowly gave me my hope back because I am too stubborn or whatever. I'm sure yeah. there will be a therapy session on that, not reaching out part. Like I'm not even going to look at her now. So <laughs> 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 Don't look at her. She'll schedule your I'll
1: appointment. I'll therapize you. Say.
2: <laughs> but anyway, serving others for me yeah. was, was a big thing. And it says in 1st. Uh, Thessalonians, um, uh, one, well, that's a little bitty number. Let's go with two, <laughs> uh, maybe three. It says for, we remember for our God, our father, how you put your faith into practice, how you love, how your love motivates you to serve others and how unrelenting is your hope filled patience in our Lord Jesus Christ. So it, you know, it talks about how love can motivate you to serve others and fill you with
3: hope Mm -hmm. I'm going to pick on Emily for a second
1: so I know part of the conversations we've been having too and uh, I think it was really good what you were talking about with other people and our loved ones and if we feel like we're losing hope for them so maybe you could take it from there (laughs) nice
3: I really love all of you so much (laughs) Uh, I guess for me right now, what my family's going through, um, I've dealt with alcohol in my family for a long time, with my dad and brothers and uh, my little brother. Um, Way to go. I'm like a rock, dude. You got it. Uh, He actually just got um, discharged from the army um, because of alcohol, so... Um, I guess for me, it is a hopeless feeling you wanna you know he had reached out to me to tell me about it, and um he had told me he said i was most worried to tell you, I was worried you'd be mad at me i said you know i'm not I'm not mad at you, I feel hopeless, I feel like I can't do anything for you um and in that moment you you just i don't know we didn't we didn't grow up with we knew there was a god, and it was kind of just like, oh, the guy upstairs, you know like he, he's up there, you know. Um and so for me my biggest cry out for hope for him is just for him to find that um cuz nobody can do it for him nobody can help him get through this except for himself and God and he's got to find that um so for me there is just that big hopeless feeling of what do i do how do i help him i just keep praying and hoping that there's an answer there um and i don't yeah, I don't really know where else to go with that. No, but. well, and
0: I, exactly what you said, I, you just keep praying, mm-hmm. and I have a very similar experience with my sibling too. Yeah. And like, I prayed for just people to be put into his life, yeah. and that happened. Like it happened yeah. sevenfold, and just the most amazing people put mm-hmm. around him and where he's at today. I'm like, oh my God, like God's so good. Yeah, so. Yeah. Like, I always just, I'm like, don't give up hope. Don't, we're all going to be crying about the end of all of this. <laughs> Christy, come on. <laughs> yeah. So
3: I just feel like
0: that, like if you're a mother or grandmother or a sibling or, you know, anybody, wife, boy, girlfriend, anything like that. Like if there's people that you're like, I am probably not going to be the person that will lead them to Christ. <laughs> like I, there's just, sometimes you come to that. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, you're not that you quit like being that person that's available for them, I guess, or not that you shut up and you don't speak into their lives if you have that, that open door, that influence. But sometimes we have to like lay our pride down, our ego and just be like, man, I'm going to pray for the right people to be put into their life that have influence with them that can help lead them to where they need to go get on that path towards yeah. God and what he's asking them to do. Yeah, so yeah. I just, like, that's, I feel like that that's hopeful to people because I don't know how many times i spoke that to, like, people in my life over my brother and stuff. Yeah. And
3: Yeah, you have to have hope to see past that fear, the fear yeah. of what's going to happen if he continues down this road, uh-huh. or who's he going to hurt, or is he going to hurt himself, or, you mm-hmm. know, you have to have that hope in God, yeah. and that's where your faith comes from, to mm-hmm. see past all the fear that yeah. comes And I told Emily
0: about this book, and I found it in, I don't know if we only have one copy in the bookstore, but this, I just grabbed this one from the bookstore, so I'll just show it to you guys, but it's The Secret Power of Speaking God's Word by Joyce Meyer, and I have, like, a hard copy book of this, and I've had it forever, and it's, like, be up and stuff, but what it is, is it's just, like, a little scripture, like, shortcut book, and um, you can look up so many different topics, like, you don't there's, have to Google it. You don't, well, and I mean, Google's great, but sometimes you get like the scripture and then you get the opinion about the scripture and like an advertisement for whatever. And like, you never know with Google, but like, I just like having this, like, I mean, there's chapters on contentment, um, of course, hope, uh, self-control. Um, there's like praying over your children, like praying like God's word over your children. And it has like a bunch of different like translations and stuff. And so this is, like, a great little, like, resource that if you're, like, man, like, I, I, I want to, I need to open God's word and need to, I want to find what he says on this. But, man, like, I'm just tired right now. I'm hopeless. I don't know what to do. And, but, like, sometimes, like, even just skimming and you're, like, oh, that's exactly what, the way I feel right now. And it's, like, so I was just going to, like, give this actionable little resource. There's only one, though, so you guys can fight over. No, just joking. <laughs> no, Becky's like, give it now. Um, but I'm sure we can get more into the bookstore too. Um, but did you want to bring up any or did you girls have anything else? Do you want to
2: try and get some tears rolling, Christy? For the night. It doesn't really seem like a good plan. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh. I, I like it. no, I'm good. Sorry <laughs> about <too> the, cat. <laughs> the cat. It was my favorite cat. Not gonna oh. lie. You know, I spent a lot of time. Uh, well, not a lot of time, but since Candace asked me to come up here, and uh, I've spent a lot of time talking to people. I've I've asked I've asked a pile of people what hope means to them. You know, and. How they found their hope when they lost their hope, and how did they know they? How did they realize they had actually lost their hope? And um, I didn't find anybody that hadn't lost their hope. I had I didn't find anybody, and a lot of times people would say, "Oh, which time?" (laughs) You know. So, and I think that I think we can get hard on ourselves about. Being in that position, you know, like like Becky said, it really hit me. Like, I knew when I was sitting in the garage, I knew the moment I had an epiphany that I was so excited that I had found a wine bottle that fit in the cup holder and I didn't have to actually pour my wine in a cup anymore. I could just drink it right out of the bottle. I knew then, you know, that's just wrong <laughs> on so many levels. Wrong. Uh. So, you know you know you know you're hopeless you know things are going wrong you know all that and then i think we go into the hiding of it right then we hide that we're hopeless because we don't want anybody to know it so we show up to wherever it is we show up with chocolate chip cookies to make everybody think you're good you know what i mean so i think it's and i think the more we can make that aware to everybody that that it's okay it, it's okay to be broken sometimes because that's, you know, call it the wilderness, call it whatever you want, you know what I mean? But like, look at Jesus himself. He, he, you know, God said, you know, my beloved son, and then the next thing Jesus knew, he's in the wilderness, you know, and then the next thing is, you know, promises fulfilled. So it's okay to be, it's okay to be there. And I think we have to learn that it's okay to be there as a, as a society, as a church, as a, as a everything, it's okay yeah. to be there. Yeah. And that's where you, you know, that's where you, you know, because everybody I talk to, they're like, oh, well, I didn't know I had lost my hope until I lost my hope, and I didn't know how to get my hope back until I had to. Uh-huh. So everybody goes about it different, and each time you go through it, I think you go through it different, and you come out of it different, but you learn and you grow and you have more faith and you, you have more tools in your tool belt, as mm-hmm. you know what I mean. And I... But I think it's it's a hidden thing. And I, when I was talking to people, I, they were all very guarded at first. Like, mm. what do you mean? What? Why do I have to answer that? Like, well, you don't uh... have to answer it, but I'll ask you again until you do answer it. But look, I just looked at Casey Mitchell, and she had one of the best. I, I talked to her on the phone. I'm going to write you out a little bit. <laughs> I talked to her on the phone yesterday uh, randomly, and uh, maybe I called you for a reason. I don't know. Anyway, whatever. Um, And so she was driving, and and we were talking, and she had some really good stuff about it. But then she texted me today, and she (laughs) said, you know, ignore the rambling. But she said, hope is being able to see with your spirit what your eyes cannot see. Mm, That's good. Right? Mm -hmm. Like that makes you go, yeah. Mm. That's expectation Mm -hmm. filled with faith. Anyway, Casey's one of the people I talked to. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, <laughs> sorry. And really quick, like when, what you're talking about there is that like what you're seeing or what you're not seeing with your eyes. And you were talking about the wilderness. And I was um, s- studying something last week, and I listened to a podcast on the same subject. But they were talking about in the wilderness, Jew like in the Jewish culture, they believe that like a wilderness, they look at a wilderness as like, okay, God, you brought me here to learn something. You brought me here to get something out of this. And they talked about like when Moses saw the burning bush, he didn't look at it and being like, what is that? Why is that burning and not being consuming? Because in Western eyes, that's what we think. We're like, what is that bush? Why is it burning and not being consumed? But in Jewish culture, they would have looked at that and been like, Why is that bush burning and what does that mean for me? What am I supposed to learn from that bush burning? What am I supposed to learn from the wilderness? What am I supposed to learn from this hopelessness? Like that's kind of how the Bible talks about it is that we're supposed to learn something. God's trying to show it, not that he's like making you like that. He caused that for you to go through, but he's going to learn, use that as a a learning experience as a, like a, a pathway to where he wants you to go. Well, so,
2: when have you ever went through something hopeless that you didn't grow? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? That you yeah. didn't become a better person for yourself mm-hmm. and the people around you. I mean, mm-hmm. not that I want to go through it again, but yeah. you always come out mm-hmm. better. Amen. I agree.
1: Yeah, Smarter. go. Oh, you need a mic. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, that's so good. That was all so good. So uh, raise your hand if you've seen Frozen 2. It's one of my favorite movies, and I will actually allow my child to watch it on repeat because it's that good. Um, so the part where Anna sings the next right thing to do, right mm-hmm. that that whole song. I mean, talk—it's right. just good. So talk about hopelessness that she had in that moment. I know this is so cheesy, but, (laughs) but it had such a good message because she experienced the loss of everything that she loved in that moment. And, and all she could do was the next right thing. And literally that was to step up and that was to take another step, another step, another step. And so Asking yourself, what are your next best steps what's the next right thing that you can do to get to that bigger picture and one of the so I, I had wrote down a few of these steps that I feel like we can we can implement we can take intentionality with and I think it's knowing the why, knowing the purpose, and it's so funny that you said that well Casey actually said it um because second corinthians uh, four eighteen says we so we fix our eyes on what on what is seen but on what is oh sorry okay let me just start that over so we fix our eyes not on what is seen but on what is unseen since what is seen is temporary and but what is unseen is eternal and so that's the kind of hope that we have to have that's the vision that we're looking for that's the why that's the end of the path that's the journey right all of those things that we have to recognize and then know what is the next best thing to do. And so in that moment when I was lying on the bed, you know, whatever our lowest point was, that point of hopelessness, whether it was the hospital bed or whatever that was, what's the next best thing that you can do in it, right? And maybe it is simply like saying help, or maybe it's simply saying, God, I need you, or if it's calling up a friend, or if it's literally just stepping, sitting up, walking, I don't know, drinking that glass of water. Like it doesn't have to be these great big all or nothing mm-hmm. mentalities, right? It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be the the quick switch, the flip it's on, it's off. It's not like that. It's something so nonlinear, right? There's just so mm-hmm. many um, aspects to it and dimensions to hope. And so, Knowing that there's so many pieces of it, and and every little bitty ounce of piece of it counts, mm-hmm. right? And so even if one day you just have like a little bit, that's okay. Hold on to that, and multiply that, right? And um, so some of the other like super tangible things is is to stay connected. I think um, isolation is just what did I write down? It um, it creates dysfunction, right? Mm-hmm. And I think we're all experiencing that. lot uh, quite a bit these days and so being able to connect with other people being able to laugh about it with friends or call and cuss with a friend vent with a friend cry with a friend whatever that is but stay connected somehow some way with the people that will lift you up and obviously staying connected to your faith to God to the conversations you can have with God as well um is something as simple as planning something to look forward to right whether it doesn't have to be this big vacation or it could just be like oh we, you know, have a have a weekend getaway or a date night or just something. It doesn't have to be big, but recognize it because sometimes it's the planning of the thing, right? Like it's the anticipation of the vacation that is almost more fun than the vacation, <laughs> at least for me. Sometimes it's like ah, counting down. So having more of that in your life. Um, and then lastly, just to echo what everybody was, has been saying up here, it's that intentionality. You know, it is the Taking action, the doing something about it, right? The next best step, like we said. But one of my favorite quotes is the faith can move mountains, but don't be surprised when God throws you a shovel. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. You get to have the shovel. The shovel is the hope. You can you get to decide how much hope you hold on to, right? And yes, like I said, some days that it's gonna be so so small it's hard to even see, but Pick up that shovel and do the things, right? So do the serving because that's what worked for you. Absolutely. Pray for your family. Go to counseling if that's what the thing needs to be. Um, stay, Yeah. So just being intentional about it, I think, is so important. And and I think we sometimes get laxy-daisy with, like, I'll just pray about it and I'll just think about it and I'll just ask my friends to pray about it but not do anything. Mm-hmm. It's such a disservice, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's kind of just those yeah. pieces that I had, just a couple of steps that we could do, and then sing the song, what's the next right thing to do, <laughs> and that always helps. I love that. <laughs> Becky, would you pray over us? Yes, yes, okay. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, God, I am so grateful for this moment to be able to just speak on something so powerful like hope, the hope that you've given each and every one of us. God, I just pray that each woman in here tonight will be able to hold on to that hope. And that hope, even if it's just an ounce that they have right now, it will multiply. And every second of every day, it will continue to multiply. And in the end, God, that they will have the most amount of hope that gets them through anything, that any challenges or any guilt or shame or frustration that that they may face day to day, God. And that 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 hope that's within each of them, the the hope that you've instilled in them, will be able to multiply to other people, to their loved ones, to their households, to their communities, to the church, to their workplace, to their kids, that that hope is just, it's an ocean, right? It's an ocean that can just, it's never ending, right? And that it is just... Mm, all-consuming, God, that we just, I pray that for each and every one of us here tonight. I'm so grateful for this time together that we can worship and we can cherish and we can be connected because that is so much of the beautiful hope that you've given us, God. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you. Thank you, ladies, so much. I appreciate it. I I want to just like a little bit of like housekeeping too. so we'll be meeting again next month. It's always the third Thursday of the month. I don't even know what that date is. sorry I don't I should have wrote it down on my thing. Um, but it's the third Thursday. It's probably like around the 18th or something again. <laughs> um, but also, I had just one quick little announcement because it was brought to my attention last night is that our media team, is looking to expand and to have some more members. So if you are interested in serving somewhere um, and you can possibly run a little bit of a computer, you don't have to have any specialized training, but just be like able to be trained. Goodness, I'm so sorry. Kirsty's like, Candace is not allowed to touch any of the sound stuff. Work. I know. <laughs> so um, if you are interested in that, Lindsay and Elise are up there. And they would love to talk to you. They're kind of like the, the Wizard of Oz. Like they're hidden behind everything. And I, don't, I think most of the time people come to church and they don't even realize that there's somebody up there that runs all that stuff. But they're up there. And you don't have to be like super specialized tech person to run all of that. So if you know of somebody or if you've been wanting to do something like that, like just get with them. Um, but other than that, gosh, I love you ladies. Thank you so much. And I always, I just told my team before this, I was like, keep bringing the stuff to us that maybe you're like, man, this has been on my heart, Candice. Like, is there anything like that? This would be something that you like we could speak about at a women's group, or maybe God's given you a word or something to talk about. I'm always like, like talk to me. Cause I, even if we just sit down and have a conversation like this, Like, I think this is powerful, and I think that testimony is powerful. And I feel like these are the conversations, maybe how, even when they're hard, even when they, you know, bring up stuff that makes you tear up and stuff like it, they're they're good conversations to have. So, yep. (laughs) But anyways, you all have an amazing night and a good week, and we'll see you on Sunday.